0: Hey everybody, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome back to episode thirty-five of the Stone Cold Sober podcast. Yep. So uh, we have a bit of a treat this week, Sandy. You want you want to you want to tell our listeners what the treat is?
1: Sure. We uh, we had a listener pose some questions for my uh, both my mom and my dad, and they've been doing some traveling recently. But I was able to call them earlier and record the conversation that I had where I basically asked them a bunch of the questions that one of our listeners had all about how to live a good life um, with a lot of different sort of variables, Um, if it's motivation, if it's passion. um, And I had a really interesting conversation with my folks. I don't think I've had, and you'll hear my mom comment about how it's not every day that I'll sit down with my folks and discuss these hypotheticals with them. And it seemed like they really enjoyed it and they'd be be happy to do repeat sort of uh, appearances. Um, So if you guys do have more questions and I'm able to get on their schedule because they do lead still some pretty busy lives, um, I'd be happy to get their feedback on whatever topic we're discussing that day.
0: Awesome. Sounds good.
1: Yeah, so we'll put that clip at the end of this, uh, this episode.
0: Okay. Great. So um, what we wanted to talk about this week. So Sandy had mentioned that he'd read The Martian uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe maybe about a month ago now. Right. Maybe a little about more. About a month ago. OK. And so Sandy highly recommended that I read The Martian. Um, so I put it on hold with my library. I think I may have told, ta- told you guys about it last week. I had just started it and within about, I think, two days of that podcast, I had finished it. So we um, wanted to talk about The Martian because I was re- I, I was obsessed with the book for some time. And uh, I thought it'd be a pretty good topic this week. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I'll just jump right into it. What would you do if you found yourself in Mark, Mark Watney's shoes? What if you were on a mission to Mars and you were abandoned? Do you think you could make it? I don't think I would have.
1: I think I would have <laughs> lost my. I don't. I think I would have lost my cool really early on. How long um, do you think you could last? Well, I would have realized. Well, I think I would have to get over the initial shock of waking right. up outside of the base spoiler yeah. alert um, oh yeah,
0: we should throw that out there this is gonna we should definitely throw spoilers. out
1: a spoiler alert heavy um, spoilers on this book. you should definitely read it um I think it's good enough to stand up to spoilers like you would you could still hear this conversation yeah. um read the book and still enjoy it. I got peop i got coworkers at work who are definitely enjoying it um yeah. But if for those that want to have the unadulterated experience, especially before the movie comes out this uh, this uh, this fall,
0: you might want to hold off on listening to this. You might want to hold, hold
1: off on this episode and just sort of fast forward to the uh, the halfway point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But for but, other people who are grown-ups and don't care.
0: Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I think I, I th- think we will keep it relatively spoiler-free uh, for the majority, for the most part. I don't want to talk about too many plot points, but I just thought with the idea, the concept of it was pretty interesting, and maybe we'll discuss some things related to the plot, but nothing, nothing major.
1: Okay. So yeah, uh, I think I would sort of have to get over the initial shock and have to understand if my brain was ready to engage properly when that fight or flight response hits me. Yeah. I think that's the first major hurdle. I've I think I don't have I told that story before me almost drowning. I don't think so. Um I don't wanna I don't wanna no, go ahead and tell it. go, go on too it. I don't wanna go on too large of a tangent. Okay. Um uh, right. maybe all right. we'll save that for a different yeah, this episode. Is, Just, this
0: is how this is how our normal conversations go. We start off on something very like we have a we have a nice nice straight path to get to a destination yeah. and somehow we end up taking all these crazy windy roads and and the conversation right. takes like three hours, and it could have taken right. like 15 minutes.
1: Like, we just got on the interstate, and I've already tried to veer us off on the first exit.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, so just remind me, maybe a later episode, um, for me to kind of go through that fight or flight response. Okay. I'll um, try. That I happened once. But assuming that, you know, past experiences hold true, and I'm able to do that, uh, I think I would be able to make it at least back into the. Uh, the base, the uh, the air base, whatever it's called. Yeah, the hab. Yeah, the hab. Um, I think I would be able to get into that. What do you think? I think it was relatively
0: easy for him to do it. I think I I, I think that was, like, just by just by pure luck, he was able to survive being knocked out, and you know when he woke up, he had he had his his injury. But it was relatively easy for him to get back. He wasn't too far away from the hab. But I think at that point, getting back in and trying to figure out how you could possibly survive, um, you know, the, the book starts off, he's just like, uh, you you read, you read the book, you read the uh, the opening to it in a, in a previous podcast, but he's just like, well, I'm fucked. Like He's like, well, not exactly fucked, but for all intents and purposes, it's all over. Um, because to him, his crew just left him. The next the next time any human will come to Mars was, would be in like four years, three or four years, I think. So he's, he has Mm -hmm. to survive on Mars by himself for that long. Now, thankfully he's not, uh, he's, uh, an engineer and a botanist and they have, uh, you know, he has, he has means to try to extend his, his food supply. Um, but he's also, he knows enough chemistry to try to produce more water and oxygen and so on and so forth. Um, But that's – see, that is where I would fall flat. I would likely try to survive as long as I could with the food that we have. You you have the benefit of having food that was supposed to – that was designed to keep people alive for – to to keep six people alive for 31 days, and they had extra food. And then he he was going to be able to eat it all himself. So I think his calculations were that he would be able to extend that food out for about 300 – I don't even know if it was 300 days. I think it was like 200 days. I think it was 200 he, days and then he had the potatoes that he'd grown.
1: Yeah. Oh. I think growing the potatoes is something that was brilliant. Oh yeah, to absolutely. try and grow something in a land on a planet that sustains no hospitable life. Right. So what absolutely saying, crazy.
0: As I was reading the book, I'm like, damn, I can't like it was it, what what I really loved about it is that there was no like planning and then Taking your time to make sure he gets it right. It was like, all right, day one, I've come up with a potential plan to to help me survive for this much longer. So I'm gonna set that plan into action tomorrow. Yeah, and I really appreciated how quick he did. It. And I guess you know, if you were in that position, you kind of have to. Um, right, you can't him- really
1: dilly dally because the uh, supplies that you have are on such a limited, such such a limited number.
0: Right. Now, I the, do uh,
1: also like how uh, how he was able to keep his
0: spirits up the entire time. Oh yeah, very very witty guy. He definitely had me laugh. Like I literally laughed out loud a few times when I was reading the book. Yeah, and and I can't
1: remember. I mean, the, I I think I remember the last book that made me laugh out loud uh, was Tina Face Bossy Pants.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I I was sitting there thinking. So if if uh, say say you were approached by by NASA or some other organization and they said that you have a particular skill set and they need that for you to go to Mars, so well, let's just imagine that you have that particular skill set. Would you do it? Am I the only one going? No, you have a, you have a crew. You have you have another team. Say a team of you know at least five other people. So you, that would be similar to what the Ares three mission had. There was it was a team of six. So let's just assume there were six of you and you had a particular skill set that and you were you were the best of the best in that particular field and they wanted you. Now the thing is, you go on this mission, it takes you a year to get to Mars, it takes you a year to get back. By the time you come back, it's been roughly two years since you've left. And then you also have to do all your training and everything. So it's it's a huge chunk of your life dedicated to this mission. Um I would go. Right, I think like you. It would be amazing to do it, right? I think I think I would go, but at the same time,
1: uh, that's some crazy stress. Um, yeah. I mean, it, so and, many things
0: could go wrong at any point. Yeah, and I and I I don't know if I have it in me to be able to go. So I. I think me, like say five years ago when I was single, I would definitely go. But in my situation now, I have a girlfriend. Uh, I don't. I don't think I can make that decision so lightly now. That would be something yeah. that would be that would be really tough for me to do. And in the story, I think there were two, at least two of the astronauts had uh, significant others back home. Yeah, and uh, I think
1: that that'd be tough. it's still. I mean, you would assume that. I mean, could you assume that the... Your significant other would be supportive of that mission, knowing sort of the weight of what
0: your job entails? I'm going to go ahead and say no speak but it's because I know the answer uh I, you know I I have I'll, I'll discuss hypotheticals with Lena from time to time and I think I said like what if, what if I wanted to be an astronaut or what if I wanted to go to space like just going just going to the international space station I'm not even going to the to the moon or any other planets just the space station uh and she wouldn't she wouldn't be about that life why would she not be about that life it's dangerous
1: yeah but if you I mean, were all – but see, the hypothetical breaks down because you are not an astronaut. You met her when you weren't an astronaut. What if you met her
0: and you were already an astronaut? Are I you mean, just going to stop what you're doing? I I see what you're saying. I mean I think at that point, no. It would be weird. But it w- this it is how you put food on the table. So like if – that's like saying – all right, so if, if I want – if I decided that I wanted to change careers and I wanted to become an astronaut and say that's something that's feasible to do, that would be something that I have to talk with her. I have to work that out with her, right? But if we met and there was the possibility that I could be an astronaut, if I'm in this particular field, if I'm, if I'm like a pilot uh, or I I don't know, like if, if that was a possibility, that's kind of just, it's something that she would know beforehand. Like say I actually was an astronaut, then we, then we either wouldn't date or she'd be, she'd have to be fine with it. I'm not going to, I wouldn't be able to just stop being an astronaut because some girl that I've been dating for say a month or two doesn't want me to be an astronaut, you know?
1: yeah um I think I guess it depends. I think it's all going to be dependent on whether you meet th- your significant other uh as an astronaut or as not an astronaut. and yeah. I think it depends also on sort of the amount of experience. That your significant other has with other people who are the significant others of people in the space program because they wouldn't be going through that experience alone. Yeah. Um. I think that I would go up right now because it would be a heck of a story. But at some point, doing it for the story
0: can't be good enough (laughs) as a reason to go what I think is kind of interesting, um, in this story, they talk about the, the first per the first crew to go to Mars. And, um, what I thought was kind of interesting is how you only remember the, the first mission to, to the, to the moon, for example, right? You remember Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, right? But you don't remember the other missions after that, the other people that went to the moon. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, like, of course if if you were if you were to do this if you were one of the first people to go to mars say you were on the first mission say you were on the third or fourth or fifth mission you would have a wikipedia page about you for you know forever but you're you're not going to be taught about in schools unless something devastating happens on your mission or something crazy happens then they'll, then they might mention you but other, otherwise you know you're 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 not like the centerpiece of this mission
1: yeah. Um I don't think there is such thing as a non-essential
0: person to the mission though. No, I don't think so, but I'm just saying like if you want to like t- for me I I feel like I feel like it has to be pretty important for some people uh to make that decision like oh I'm the first person to like p- I'm going to go down in history. People are going to know my name forever. People are always going to know my name. They're going to learn about me in schools. They're going to write about me in history books. But if you're not the first, you you're kind of just like Somebody knows your name you're, you're, you're you you are there's a record of it, and you could be found pretty easily. however, you're not going to be the person that most people think of when you say a first like uh uh mission to the to to Ah. Uh, um I feel like if you're going to be in that situation where it could be important like where you're important enough to be on this mission ish that wouldn't really matter to you, but you know in my hypothetical, it does. <laughs> you know what? I think then
1: you wouldn't have you would make sure that you wouldn't be doing it for the story and you'd be doing it because you were either generally interested or generally capable. Because yeah. that that's what sort it of reminds me of like doing it for the wrong reasons and then yeah, oh everyone yeah, else's sure. life is it. At- I don't know. I think I think we're trying to get a little bit too meta.
0: Yeah, alright, fine, fine. Take it back. We'll take it back. Yeah, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. <laughs> So what what would be the first thing that you would do if uh, if you found yourself in, in, in Watney's shoes? Would you try to figure out how to plant food? Would you maybe try to figure out how to get in contact with NASA so they could help you figure out how to, what to do about the food situation? I think I would. I think I would try. Okay. But I don't think I would be very
1: good at it. Because yeah. I don't think I would be able to get over the initial fact like, well, so there's no water, right? And I was always terrible – I was always really, really bad at chemistry, and that seems to be a really important thing that makes Mark Watney as good as he is.
0: Yeah. Well, fortunately, he had he had a uh, he had a bit of a crash course from uh, one of his other crewmates. I think Vogel. Uh, he gave him a bit of a crash course in chemistry and helped him helped him learn a bit more than he knew. But. Uh, Either even so, I I completely agree with you. That'd be quite difficult to figure out. Or, like to me, a lot of stuff would just be like, I think this could work, and I'd probably blow myself up in the process.
1: Yeah, I very much think that that's something that I would do as well. (laughs) I think, but like not, but like also, not recover in a sense.
0: Yeah. See, uh, one of the big things from. and um, uh, one of the big things was figuring out how to get enough soil so like yeah he he had he they had that small soil sample, and he was able to basically take uh the soil from from Mars and expand that however many fold using literally his own poop as manure and the uh the bacteria that was already in the soil to to make a pretty decent field within the hab and uh and then the next big thing was, was actually getting water. So we should say that um, they essentially had – it wasn't really an infinite supply of water, but an infinite recycled supply of water. So they had something called the water reclaimer. So you would drink your water, then when you would pee, you'd pee, say you just pee into the toilet, and the water reclaimer would separate the water from all the, uh, the toxins and, 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 or pollutants essentially within the water, and you'd have drinkable water again. And so he had to try to figure out how to um, increase his uh, supply of water, which was also pretty brilliant on his part.
1: Yes. it The amount of what seems like insurmountable mm-hmm. odds that Mark Watney faces and it, then sort of takes a moment and says, you know what? Totally doable. <laughs> and he sort of – and the way the captain's log, which is really the style of this book – um yeah. the way it's written, it's very sort of calm and logical and while it is extremely funny and you get a sense of his personality, you can understand the step by step process without boring you with like math or physics or you know, uh chemistry or engineering of any kind. He just says, This is what happened, this is the problem, and this is how I think I'm gonna fix it and then when you read that solution you go yeah, I think that's going to work. And then if it does, it does. If it doesn't, he goes back to the drawing board. I think yeah. that assuming all of, assuming you and I have the capability of solving those problems, the biggest hurdle for me would be communicating with NASA. Because yeah. what's the point of staying alive
0: if they're never coming back? Right. Now, do you think it was um – reasonable for him to assume that they weren't watching him at all times with the satellites like he knew I, I that was one thing i thought was interesting because he he should know that there are satellites above mars and i wouldn't think it'd be unreasonable for them to try to look to see what they sell what you know to see if they can find my body or anything i don't i don't know like I, I um do you do you feel like you would think that like you know what's the what's the point of using the satellites to find your dead body right they, right. they had no belief that he was dead. Or, I mean, alive. I don't know. I'm, I'm almost talking myself out of it as I, as I pose the question. I think the idea is
1: that you have to... I guess they're also trained to deal with those sort of situations better. Um, and recognize that they would be coming back. I think for me, it's... It's like out of sight, out of mind. So if I don't see you, if I don't hear from you in a little bit, I just go, yeah, they're not coming back. Like I wouldn't – it would be tough for me to – I guess I would try and be proactive about searching. I mean uh, setting up some sort of capability for them to come and uh, contact me. But probably not as quickly as he did. Yeah. I think I'm more worried about how how am I surviving.
0: What was interesting is as I was reading it I kind of had that thought. I was like well, what if he can get to one of the rovers? I wonder if he could like, you know, just basically s- stand right in front of the rover and have it take a picture of him. I didn't think about like taking it back and being able to use it yeah. to communicate, which was pretty smart. Um Absolutely. I I was <laughs> as I read though, more and more I just kept getting so like when when you started to hear or read about another another portion where uh, there was just like major bad luck, you like really again. So like oh yeah he, when it, when it when it flipped, I was like oh come on man, this man's luck just yeah he can't he just can't catch a break can he?
1: And I do like it when he breaks down a little bit, like he just can't like he just can't handle it anymore. Yeah, um, I thought that was really funny. I thought that. It was just incredible. The the um, like when you talk about adversity, like overcoming adversity, like this man is doing everything he can to survive, and just through sheer sort of uh, probability, right, that things are happening to him a certain way. Um, it's it's crazy yeah. that that he's able to keep it up, um, and survive and get out there. I mean, it even happens all the way to the very end, where he finally gets into the, the other rocket or whatever it is, or the, what was it, uh, the rover? Yeah. And as it's taking off, and he's, like, losing consciousness because of the G-force, he sees the flap happen, and he goes, oh, that, that can't be good. <laughs> and then just has, to, uh, just has to endure while the people, like, his crew are like, well, this, this can't be good. Um, he's totally, totally off. Um, and then that last minute, like basically super Hollywood moment of, oh yeah, the guy reaching out and grabbing him, getting in there, and then pulling him out. And it was just, it was so crazy, like the amount of drama you could fit in all the way up until the very
0: end. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, it, it was mad Hollywood at the very end. Oh, it was crazy. Um,
1: phenomenal book overall.
0: Yeah. A lot of fun. It was so hard yeah. for me to put the book down, man. I can't I, I I really can't tell you enough. I was I was uh it was like three in the morning and I was by my, my I, I couldn't stay awake any longer, but I was forcing myself to just stay awake so I can finish the chapter and then pass out. It was so hard for me to do it. And then when I was actually like working early in the week, I think like on Monday I just spent the majority of the day reading, and I just worked late at night because I was I spent too much time reading during the day. I mean that was the exact
1: same re, uh, way that I enjoyed that book. I think it took me about three days to read, but I told you I would come home. I would sit on my bed. I would just read the book through my phone, and the last day when I had about like I want to say maybe 40% or 33% left, mm-hmm. I sat down. It was probably 6 o'clock. I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading. Next thing you know, I look over. It's 11 o'clock. I haven't eaten dinner, and I just finished the book, and I just go, it didn't matter because the story was so engrossing.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I think. Think
1: of all of the amount of things that we can enjoy, all of the distractions. You could go on the computer, you could play video games, you could talk to other people, you could be outside, you could do any number of things. It's just becoming increasingly harder and harder for a book to hold your attention. And not because books are poorly written, but just because there's so many other stimuli that have been added into the equation. And the fact that we're able to enjoy... A book uh, like this, where everything else doesn't matter, you're literally changing the way you live your life, so you can sit here and just surround yourself and be totally engrossed and invested in the story. Um, literally, another person telling you a story is is absurdly cool, and I yeah. wish that I had, you know, either the m- more time, more energy, more uh, just effort that I would put into finding a good book and reading. Like, I'm reading that book right now at The Little Parisian Bookshop, and it's good. It's not a bad book by any means. It's really good, but it's just the curse of following The Martian right now because it didn't immediately grab me. It's well-written. It's funny. It's got good prose. It's got a ton of good little uh, highlightable sections, which I definitely do when I read my Kindle. I highlight a lot of, like, good terms, good phrases, how things are written, how, like, certain sentences make me feel. I I, I highlight all of it, but it's definitely been a little bit tougher to go through this book um than it was the martian the martian i think i read in three sittings yeah i think i did the same right all you need yeah. is like a good cup of coffee or a good cup of tea and then a comfortable seat and you're good to go
0: yeah it it was like it it was so addicting it it remind- it brought me back to um my moments as a child, like as a kid. I remember when I was in elementary school i would go through i would fly through books just like this I would find a book and some sometimes the book didn't even have to be that good, but I would just read like fifty or sixty pages a day and be done with with a book in like a week. I was always in the library just picking out multiple books at a time because I was flying through them so quickly um i <laughs> So it was, it was it was it was refreshing to be able to do that just like relive that for a little bit. Um I definitely don't read as much as I used to. I still try to read some, but it's not my primary form of entertainment nowadays. Um but this was an amazing book. And it's always really nice to read a book too. Um so for me, my uh, my favorite forms of entertainment um I probably it's probably uh television. I think t v shows are so amazing right now it's 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 impossible for me to keep up with all the great shows that are on t v just because the stories that they're able to tell they're so good the quality of televisions is 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 too good these days um but books are also amazing because the stories that they're able to tell the details that they're able to tell those stories uh with is is to me way better than movies um
1: yeah, I think. Well, I mean, it's definitely true what they say. We're in the golden age of TV right now. Yeah, I'm, um,
0: get, I'm gonna get the true detective one day. I promise. Definitely do the
1: first season. The second season was interesting, but maybe you're you have a better chance at uh, appreciating because you get to watch it uh, just a little bit less. Yeah, um, uninterrupted. Yeah. Um, the jury is definitely still out on what people think. Uh... Is the
0: second season over now, or... Yeah, it was done on? last night. Is that eight episodes or ten? Eight. I was in the 6 i I'm pretty sure it's only episode eight of The Ballers right now, which I need to watch. I might watch that after we do this.
1: Uh... I mean, you can definitely... I mean, I would watch the first one. Yeah. The first one was pretty good. Um... I think there's more general consensus that the first season was so good because it was so different. Um, you also see Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson show a lot of like great acting scenes. And yeah. it's just dark, too. It's super dark. Not to say the second season isn't dark, because it's also equally dark. <laughs> but it's... Uh, I mean, there's just so much good TV right now. So many different outlets. So many different types of programs. Short form, long form... Um, shows of every type of nature. There's, It's almost crazy to try and give somebody a good show recommendation mm-hmm. because everyone's inundated with shows. Y- you yeah. know someone that's got Netflix, has Hulu, uh, basic cable, advanced cable. You have HBO Go, Showtime Anytime. Um, there's just so many outlets to watch good shows. And it's crazy because... The more shows that you add on now, the harder it is to go back and enjoy earlier shows. Absolutely. You know? Like, you go back to... Right before this huge golden age began, when it was still beginning, you would have shows like The Sopranos, six feet under. You know? There's a ton of good shows way back then that uh just are going to be harder and harder for you to dedicate time to. I mean, The Sopranos had nine seasons. Each season had... A ton of episodes. Each episode was an hour. Right. Like, can you imagine even doing the West Wing right now? I mean, I, I know I did you've it. Done it tw- you've done it twice in the last year. I did it. Crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, think about it. Five seasons. Each season, 24 episodes. So, five times 24 is 120. Mm-hmm. and the, Is that 120? Yeah. It, it is, is 120. 120 and then- hours.
0: Of content, one of the best shows I've ever seen, but that's a lot to ask of somebody it really is it's much easier when you've done it before so we we definitely know that
1: because you know what you, to
0: expect right and you you it's you just know how good it is too um right yeah that's the thing with with hour long TV shows they're really tough to commit to um and another thing is when the sh- when a series has has you know it's if you get into a show that's already completed, like the entire series is over, so let's say you try to jump into, into The Sopranos, it's easy to like uh, talk yourself out of it because you sometimes hear from people of bad seasons, you know? And if you have to sit through a whole bad season, I mean, it's not, like a, it's not like you're committing an hour every week to it. You can do it all in a couple of days, but it's just easier to say, all right, well, you know what? I'm going to just focus on something like Breaking Bad instead because I know every season of that show's quality. There's not going to be a downtime when I watch that show.
1: Right. I think it's such a delicate balance between telling someone, um, you know, watch this show with potentially knowing that parts of it are, uh, like there's some seasons that drag, but that you made it through um, because you watched it when the show was on TV, um, but... Then there's like, with Dexter, I'm like, I tried watching the first- I watched the first season all the way through with my, uh, with th- three other roommates. And none of us could get into it. And then when people were telling me, oh, but Dexter gets better in season four. It's like- that's, that's- that's- that's a hard sell, because then I had to, quote unquote, tough through two more seasons, because I can't just jump into the fourth season, I lose all context of everything.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. It's the
1: same... I mean, Mad Men was the same thing. Mad Men had some slow episodes. Yeah, it did. And we only were able to tough it up because we watched it once a week. I mean, think about The Walking Dead, how amazing The Walking Dead is. But there are scenes on that farm in season
0: two or three where you're just like, oh my goodness, where are we going yeah. with this? Se- season two was a really rough season. Reading... He- or like, there's a... Sorry to interrupt about that but that I just find it really interesting the whole the whole backstory with that season 2 is is very interesting there's a a series on on YouTube where this guy breaks it down goes in depth as to what happened with the break with the uh, walking dead essentially um that the first season six episodes but the second season is like is like 18 episodes and I think six episodes right in the first season I think anyway, so um Essentially, what had happened was uh, the uh, the creator of The Walking Dead sold the show entirely to um, to AMC. So AMC owned the show. AMC only provided him funding, like uh, st- what, the funding that they gave him for season one. They basically gave that to him for season two and told him to make, uh, told him to you know stretch it out and make like eighteen episodes out of it. And uh, it, it just became a huge train wreck. He brought all of his personal friends in for the show, so all the actors, the whole crew. They were his good friends, and uh, AMC ended up firing him at, uh, during season two. Um, you know the show's the show's gotten much better since season two, but it, it was kind of his baby, and AMC kind of stole it from him. It that makes sense? Yeah, but uh, about um, but you're totally right. Mad Men is kind of interesting because I I had three huge uh, just spurts with with Mad Men. I think I watched the first three seasons on Netflix, and then I watched the next season live. And then after that, I I missed like two years, and then I caught up on Netflix again, and then I missed the next two years because the last season was like broken up into two. So then I think at the very end, I watched like season six, the first half of seven, and then I finally watched the second half of seven live. But that show was interesting because I was really able to just fall out of it. You know, when the new season came around, I just wasn't as excited about it as I am about, like, Game of Thrones or Walking Dead. It's just something that came around. I was like, all right, I'll get to it eventually. And, I mean, I did. But just not as an exciting of a show to watch. Yeah. And Don Draper makes so many questionable decisions, but things always just work out for him. I'm always like, Don, what are you doing, man? Come on, huh?
1: <laughs> no, Exactly. Um, what's another show that I'm watching? Like, you know what? You know the show Suits that I'm absolutely in love with? Somebody asked me why I still watch that show, and I couldn't give them a good answer. Really? I love that show. I love the characters, but I feel like I'm starting to see through the episodic nature of it. Like all Uh USA shows, how they follow the exact same formula. I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of... I'm starting to get over you. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I, I just... It's harder for me to find th- even thirty minute shows that I'm willing to sit down to. Yeah. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I should start reading more. Not so much uh, like like maybe books, but like maybe like reading articles more. Reading long form articles, learning about things. Yeah, maybe like yeah. reading something for the New Yorker or the New York Times or, or something to, so that I can get better educated. On topics that I might not necessarily have time to read during the day.
0: Yeah, you're right. I, I love long form articles. I don't read them enough, but I'm definitely reading them more than I used to. I mean, we—that we, would be—we we spent the whole podcast talking about the one dude, the hermit who lived in, in the woods for like twenty some years, thirty some years, however long it was.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that would be a, a an awesome way to spend, uh, like, just like while you're eating, just like reading something. Yeah. Um. At least that way, you can learn more about something and be better educated when people, so so that you have, you have the knowledge to make an opinion. Yeah. Or really, just to have the knowledge
0: to have a conversation. Right. Just interesting stuff. It's like it's, it's nice. It's it's just something that you could talk about, right?
1: Yeah. Um. What are you uh What are you listening to,
0: reading, or watching now that you're done The Martian? Ooh, um, I've so uh, there was the whole. Oh, we should have talked. We should talk about this later on. I was, I, I was, <laughs> I've been listening to um to Cassidy. I was listening to Cassidy a lot today, and the reason for that is because the whole Drake Meek Mill beef was going down uh over the last couple of weeks, and uh I was I was looking into Meek Mill, and I saw that Meek Mill had a huge beef with Cassidy a couple of years back. And theirs was initially kind of just like just for fun. Like they made a couple diss tracks towards one another, and then all of a sudden, like several months later, Meek Mill came with came with the track to Cassidy. So three days later, Cassidy dropped this bomb on Meek Mill. I was I listened to it like three times today, at least three times today. It's like a t- it's like an eight minute long song. He's just going hard at Meek Mill. I just thought it was hilarious. Um, watching I'm still watching Ballers. Um, it's not a spectacular show. Oh show.
1: yeah, that show. I'm watching that show
0: too. Yeah, I am I'm, I'm liking it so far.
1: Um I think it's just when you talk about a show that you can turn your brain off to, that's a show that I've turned my brain exactly. off to. Exactly.
0: Exactly. I love I that that's what I love about the half hour shows. Like I I I come home, get to get dinner together and then I just sit down and watch an episode of that. And it's just quick. I can finish eating my food. I don't have to be super tuned in. You know some those hour long shows are so story driven i want I hang on to every single line of dialogue i don't want anything to break my concentration i don't want to miss any words that are that are spoken and uh those the half hour long shows i'm just it's much more relaxing i don't mind so much if i'm if I get a little distracted here and there um and and Ballers is definitely one of those shows i told- I think I told you last time I finished BoJack Horseman um and another show that i gotten into I'm, um, I haven't watched an episode. I hadn't watched an episode for a little bit, but I'm getting back into it now. Is uh, Kimmy Schmidt's Unbreakable on Netflix? How many seasons are there that? Just one so far. It came out. Okay. Uh, I think it came out like winter-ish of last year. So the second season should be coming around pretty soon. Okay. That's also another pretty fun show, half-hour-long show. Um... um, and I haven't started reading anything new yet.
1: Uh hmm. what am I watching right now? I'm also watching Ballers. The brink is trash, but I'm still going through it because it's. I feel really trash. Committed. It's really trash. It's not good. It's That's like good. slapstick humor it's not it's not good. I'm watching suits um I'm waiting for the Walking Dead to come back. I think Fear of the Walking Dead's gonna be really good based on some initial stuff um there's a lot of stuff in my queue on Netflix, like Rectify, Ascension, Battlestar Galactica, Firefly. But these are the, some. Most of them are hour-long shows, and I just can't. It just seems, excuse me, so daunting to yeah. start a show up like that, you know. Um, yeah. One of my reading. I'm still trying to make my way through the little Paris bookshop. But it's, I've been really busy at work and with some some of the travel I've been doing recently so I haven't been able to devote as much time to that as I'd liked. Um listening-wise, I'm listening to The Weeknd. Um The Weeknd has just absolutely been dominating my Spotify playing right now. Um in the beginning I would only play his like top 5 songs, so I was like, "All right, this is a nice uh sort of mix of what he's, you know, what he's got," but now yeah. I've been really going through the, uh, his album Trilogy, which came out in 2012. Um, Trilogy has 30 songs. Um, there's like three parts to it, obviously. Well, not, not obviously, because you wouldn't know that. Um, well, I, I th- like. Di- I think I go do ahead. know that, but yeah. No, go ahead. Keep okay. On. I love Disc 1. I love Disc 1. I'm having trouble going through Disc 2. And until I can get through Disc 2 and say I definitely know the songs, I'm not even gonna touch disc three. That's how my okay. mind works. I can't get over disc one. Some the songs I love on disc one, uh, the morning, is my favorite song so far, followed by what you need. Um, but I mean, like his song often the hills, um, those are good songs too. You know, earned it, love me harder, like those are. It's crazy how good he sounds. He sounds so epic, you know, but also real laid back and low key. But then he's talking about shit like "fucking your face. It's like when you <laughs> listen to the lyrics, you go, wait a minute. Did he just say what I think he said? It's like, but I was so enraptured by what he was saying. I was like, yeah, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. And it's like, wait, slow your roll because I'm finally reading the lyrics. I'm finally getting around to it. And I go, huh, that's what he's saying. That's dirty. That's too early in the morning to be listening to this
0: song. <laughs> I might have to... I, I, I'll probably try to check it out. I've never... I, I, we talked about this earlier this week, but I've never really listened to The Weeknd too much. I've heard some of his songs on the radio, and I've heard some of the songs that he's featured in, but I've yeah. never really given him a fair listen. I, um, I don't know. Something about his style, I, I, it's just never attracted me to the point that I really felt like, I, I, like I've Like i never been... Like I'm not saying I don't like him, but I've just never been like drawn to go out and seek seek out his music I'm gonna, link, I'm gonna link I'm
1: gonna link in the description the YouTube video for or at least a song on the track uh the morning um I you give it a listen to it on
0: spotify yeah I'm gonna listen to it after we get off of this call
1: yeah you listen <laughs> to it you give me you give me your thoughts All right. you I think that's it for me that I have yeah that's it for
0: me we're gonna we're gonna extend this one quite a bit uh with the uh the interview but
1: yeah, it's so fine. for those of you who are still listening, um, we'll now sort of, we'll sign off here, yeah. um, and then we'll just, you'll hear the uh, the audio to our call coming. Alright. Alright, so uh, this is Sandy. This is Reza. Thanks so much for listening, we'll see you next week. You guys want to go on and introduce yourselves? Yes. I'm Sandy. How are you? And uh, I'm Lisa.
2: I'm Sandy's mom. Hi, this is a I'm
1: Sandy's father. Great. Uh, now that we're all here, um, just so you guys know, we've had uh, some questions come in from uh, from our listeners uh, about some of the topics that we've been discussing previously, and they wanted to sort okay. of get your guys' point of view. So we'll just run down some of the questions, and uh, we'll just sort of free form answer them. How's that sound? Okay. Um So. One of the questions that we were talking about before was how to live a good life. And that was sort of one of the umbrella topics that we had. If somebody came up to you right now and just said, how do you live a good life? How would you sort of answer that question?
2: Well, first of all, to different person, good life means different. And to me, live a, living a good life means I have a family i have a um good health my family member they have good health they have both have good education they have good work they have financially they are sound and they can do um the things they, they would like to do and uh, um not just not just materials like but also um like Spiritually.
1: Right, spiritually. And spiritually, yes. Yes. Dad, what do you think?
2: Yes, I uh, agree almost all uh, my wife's uh, opinion. Additionally, I think for my uh, life standard is I have to be important for society. And my contribution can help the people living better, living healthier, that's that's my work to do. And of course, to fulfill my good life, I want my kids to have good education and their future will be better than I have. So... If I reach that point, I will be very satisfied.
1: So... You guys sort of share a lot of common views, uh, family health, family success, spiritual, sort of uh, finding some sort of spiritual fulfillment or understanding. But then, Dad, you also said it's important to make a tangible contribution to society and that your children live, live well in their lives. That's right. Um, do you think that, do you think that along those things, do you think that it's important to have a passion in life?
2: Yes. Uh, I think passion is very important, not only for your own family, but also for your work. Uh, passion is a kind of motivation for your working and for your life, if you have strong passion for your family and for your work, you will achieve more. That's my opinion. Well, to me I agree with uh, my husband said also I think, you know, if you have a passion for your life, you were more involving and you're willing to involve in a lot of things. It's like you are interested in doing something, and it will be the, the best driven. If you are not interested in something, you are not passionate about something, there are lack of interest in You know, there's no meaningful to do anything.
1: Do you guys that's think it's... Go ahead.
2: Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I think, you know, passion, it is important in, in life. It is.
1: Do you think it's possible to live a good life without passion?
2: Mm, not to me. That that in life will be uh, not so meaningful for my stand. So okay. If you, yeah, that's, that's what I
1: think. Okay, that makes sense. Um, do you How do you live a good life being single versus being married? cannot answer that question,
2: it's like i am not been single for so long. <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, since we married like, how many years? Almost 30 years. Almost 30 years. So, in that case, I think marriage is very important for me, and uh, not just the companionship, and also, you know, it's very important that you have a marriage, you have a family, and uh, it definitely fulfill your life. And uh, it's definitely, you know, as a woman, and become a a, a mother, your life is different. You know, your life is totally changed, and uh, you know, you know, wonderful ways, you know. So to me, it is very important to have a a marriage. That's just my point on it. I think uh, for myself, I can't imagine to be never alone for her life. That, in my opinion, life is not fulfilled. To have a you know, married, married and have a wife is very important. And not only for, for the routine life, but also for each other's clothes. And the happiness. So for me, I think the
1: marriage is very important. That sounds great. I think uh I think that's something that as a, as a single person right now for me, I think that's definitely something that I'm looking to find. Um, but that's sort of where I am in my life right now, balancing the professional drives and motivations that I have and finding the time to also succeed in my personal life. Um, those,
2: yeah, those two things shouldn't be contradict to each other because every everybody, you know, will have a, a, you start your career and, uh, you know, there are different, like, percentage of your energy towards the different goals. And when you just start your job, obviously, you know, you want to put like 100% of your energy to prove yourself and in the in working uh, area. However, you know, it, to me, it shouldn't contradict, you know, when you pursue your personal life or find a, a, a better half.
1: It's also very important, too. Yeah. Um, do you guys think it's possible to live a good life? without happiness at work or is it important to have happiness at work as a foundation to that good life
2: you know, it's interesting we're talk about that kind of the same question when i was in work this uh, today and we're talking about we spend the most of the, the day with our coworkers what if we see each other and uh, also we think you know we spend the most of our our, our essential time and doing our professional job, yes, we don't like it. it. To me, it's very pathetic because it kind of wastes your time. It wastes your life. And it is very important that you like your job and you like your coworkers. You're happy with what you're doing, and you have fulfill, you the fulfillment for your work. It is very important, and it's, it's very, like for your mental health, this is very important. Because you feel like you got accepted by the uh, by the society, by your work uh, environment, also you will have a, uh, let's just say, positive, like, relationship with your coworkers, and this is very, very important. Because think about that. You spend more time with your coworkers rather than your family member. It's sad to say, but it is a fact. So it is very important to have a, a, a happy working relationship with your coworkers and you, you feel happy at your work. This is very important. Even though we said we should separate your working life and your home life you know, don't mix them together, but we are human beings. It's not that clear cut. You walk out the door, you think, okay, now I'm in walking mood. And when you walk in the door and say, okay, now I'm in family mood, it's not that clear cut. You know, you will carry on with you and then you will affect your life. So that's what I think it is important when you are happy at your work. Okay. Uh I think, I agree with what Lisa said. Uh, in, in my group, I always uh, emphasize, say, everyone comes to work, happiness is important. If you are not happy, you are not going to do uh, meaningful work or contribute more. If you are happy, you will uh, do more and contribute more. The other point I want to add is the happiness, uh, it's not a depends on others. It depends on individual, yourself. You can create an environment for the happiness. Uh, that is important. Here, for me, I always say if you are happy at work, you will achieve more. Well, I have to agree with that because, you know, for the... Some, because people are individuals, every people deal with things they're different, and some people there are more like positive ways, and some, some people are more negative. But as as my husband has said, you know, you can start or create a positive environment by like by doing things in the by taking things more positive, you know, and also you know the mood is, is contagious. If you are positive, if you are creating a positive environment, the atmosphere will be positive. So you were contagious to your co-workers. So it is right, you know, It's you're happy or not, it's not rely on somebody else. But we are human beings, you know, our emotions all transmit to each other. We kind of like, we're, your emotion or other people's emotions, will affect you, so let's just be positive, be happy,
1: you know, so, it's benefits for everyone. How, how have you guys sort of worked out uh, that balance between either uh, managing other people's effect on your happiness and then you creating that happiness internally?
2: Well, you know, in my group, there are some young girls. I mean, you know, they're 20-some uh, years old. They're they are very smart, and they're very like quick. However, they're new to the, uh, to the workforce, and a lot of things don't necessarily go their way. And, uh, you know, they're young kids, so they were complex. And to me, it's like okay, you spend time to complain, and if you don't do something, the things will happen again. So no matter how how much time you spend to complain, nothing's going to change. And the only change is like you change your own mood. You come to the, you come to work in the morning, and then all of a sudden you see something you don't like, and you bitch about that, and the whole day you're in, you're starting a bad mood. So to me, I would just say, I would just talk to them and just like a change the topic and the, you know talk something happy, talk things funny, and just like you know just stop that conversation. You know, start a, a new topic. Just change the change the change the direction. And the same girl, they are, they are, they are pretty stubborn. They were come back. You know, okay, we we yeah, they to say something else. They were coming back. And to me, it's like, you know what? Don't worry about it. If you can change it, just let it go. If you want to do something, change it, do it. If you can, let it go. You know, because I'm a little older than them. I, I, you know, I say something, they will just laugh about that. You know, it, it's okay, but they will just let it go. That's my, my time. Well, I think it, one important thing as a leader of the group is... is you have to care about your people and so one of my goals or duty is to maximize everyone's potential and maximize their happiness and maximize their achievement. If I can help the individual to get these things done, then the happiness were come, or happiness all along along the, the 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 procedure. So the thing is you have to care about people. And you do your best to help them to grow. Okay. Yeah I think, you know, we're I think, you know, we're a human being. You know, if you show your 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 coworkers, you know your true feelings, and you care about them. You want the good of them, and uh, in return, and uh, they will understand. Even though sometimes you may you may not like what they're talking about, and uh, they know you are in a good intention. You know they were they were by
0: it. Yeah.
1: So if we take all that sort of that happiness uh, at work or what ha- or what have you do you think as as a certain avenue do you think it's possible to live a good life without motivation um one of one of the listeners said that you know some of the causes uh of losing motivation could be either losing family losing love or losing energy and health how do you how might you deal with with something like that do you think it's... Possible?
2: Well, you know, life is never easy. Every time, different, you know, different, different time of your life, you will face different challenges. And, uh, let's say, uh, motivation is really important. Uh, you, and it's also art how to motivate people and how to inspire people to into another level. Uh, you have to to learn and use the technique to inspire the people and motivate the people. So for me, if I don't have motivation to do anything, I think my life is like a kind of meaningless.
1: So it. So how do you sometimes find the ability to motivate yourself?
2: Well, the the motivation uh, is related to the work, or related to your life, or related to your your future. Uh, if you care about the people and you know their potential, then you always. Can use this kind of a thing to motivate them. Say so you have that potential to reach another level. So constantly you can remind them and help them. Then gradually, uh, people will reach their goal. So motivation is important. Well, to me, I think. Um, you have to have a goal you have to, start to have a goal at a different time of your life your goal is different for example when you and your sister are little my goal is like I want to give you a a whole uh, uh, a happy like childhood life so I want to give what all the kids can have I want you to have and I want you to have a, a happy childhood. So that was my goal. So that's why um, your dad and I, we work hard and as a, uh, you know, like as the first generation of immigrants, you know, we know nobody here. We start from scratch. And we, we work very hard. And we want you and your sister to have a good life in here. And later on, you know, when you, Grow up, like you know, the school, and then I want you to learn. I want you to explore. I want you to do whatever you're interested to do. I want you know to enrich your life. So different, and, and then you know, when you go to college, and I want you to have a good education. You know, so different. A lot of different part about my life. My goal is different. That's why that motivates myself. I want you. Have a good time. I want you to have the best education can be. I want to have the best life can And, and that's just me, you know. That's why I motivate myself. You know, you have to have a goal. It's not like okay today I think that way. Tomorrow okay oh never mind I think that way. No, you have to have a goal and stick to it and work harder towards it. It is very important. And to me, I agree. You know what your dad said. You, you, have, you have no motivational
1: life, so what's the difference, then, as a human being, for, you know, we're not animals, you know. We have meaning to our life. That's the difference. Totally. If, so if we sort of take, you know, everything that we've talked about so far, and we, and we bring it all together, um, do you guys think it's possible to live a good life without meaning? uh or is it very important to have meaning uh to lead towards a good life.
2: Absolutely have meaning. That's no question. In a life without meaning it's like a body without a soul. what is that for? You know that is that that's what I understand. You have to have a meaning of your life. No matter what the meaning is, everybody can have different meanings, that's no problem whatsoever. But, you have to have a meaning.
1: That's what I understand. Dad, what about you?
2: Well, life has to be meaningful. <laughs> it's not a meaning. Uh, it's, it's, it's homeless. One of them if you don't have a meaning. The meaning is... It's really so important. Uh, all life, all of, at least for my life, is, is always have to be meaningful. That's, I think absolutely you have to be meaningful. Yeah. I cannot imagine you live a life without meaning what else can be. It's just like,
1: I cannot, I can't even, yeah. yeah, I can't even imagine that. No, I, I hear you. Um, I think it's something that sort of guides us um through life so that it can become a fuller experience, a warmer experience. Um I mean yeah. it's sort of like that north star, right? That 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 you drive or you sail towards and sometimes you know the seas get rough, uh but all of that creates a warmer, fuller more alive experience while you're on this earth.
2: Yeah, you know you have to say I have to say you know for your for your life for your experience you you are twenty some years old. And so for me, you know, the, the experience not necessarily every experience are all present or every experience are all all happiness. You know, there are sad, there are disappointment, but this also part of the life. And we learn from that experience to make us strong, makes make us life fulfill, and we not just like one color. You know what I mean. So you make your life very colorful, and you make your life very meaningful and very fulfilled that way.
1: Absolutely. Well, I want to say uh, thanks to God, thanks a lot, guys, for uh, for answering these questions. Do you guys have any questions?
2: Have any questions? No. my my is that the, the, the life has to be meaningful and has to be motivated, inspired, and uh, then you you have goal and uh, then you can be achiever. Otherwise, uh, I can't imagine the life will be good life. So. A good life of meaning—you are inspired, you are motivated, you have a good, you
1: have a target to, to achieve, and you, you, then you come fulfill your life. Definitely. All right. Well, I think that's it then. You guys want to say goodbye to everybody?
2: Yeah. It's it's interesting, you know. Honestly, we never seriously sit down and talk about that thing, even though you know we have. We have we have chat obviously, but it's interesting and I like it.
1: Yeah, it's nice and that it's we uh, it's nice to sometimes sit down and discuss things in a more I abstract of, way. Had like a serious discussion.
2: Like, what do you think about life? But you know, it is it is good. That we have this opportunity to talk, and uh, you know, we we
1: know each other more. it's, it's a good. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, I'm, I'm I like gonna. I'm going to cut us off here. So thank you okay. mom and dad for 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 <laughs> taking the time today to answer these questions. Um we might we'll, we'll see if we can bring you guys back uh, if more people have questions on different topics. How does that sound? Sure. We'd love to
2: answer your your audience question if somebody
1: has questions. All right, great. You know, yeah, we can yeah, we we discuss this. No problem. Awesome. No, we will we'll, uh okay. You know, I appreciate it. Reza appreciates it, and I'm sure our listeners appreciate it. So I'll let you guys go. Um, I'll see you guys in a few days. Sure. All right, guys. Take care. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.